So let's look at the letter of Christ to the church in Laodicea. It says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wast cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou seest I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art poor, thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the, na- the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and, and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, we, we looked at this um, letter. This is the last letter of all the letters of Christ. And we started this two weeks ago. And um, by God's grace, we'll com- complete it today. Let me just remind us of some of the things we talked about. We said that the, the Laodicea was a very wealthy city. And the church, by implication, was also a wealthy church. And we explained that usually, when there is wealth, the next thing that people think about is health. So that Laodicea was a place that was concerned with health because it had a lot of wealth. And I explained that they they actually had the most advanced medical facility in that part of the world and in that time. People traveled to Laodicea for medical treatment. They were so advanced that they actually had developed an ointment that could cure cataracts so that people came to Laodicea to buy this special ointment that could solve their eye problems. And in the letter, we find that Jesus has not one word of approval for this blessed church, for this prosperous church. Instead, he skips the whole issue of approval and goes straight to accusation. And the main accusation that Jesus puts before them is the fact that they are a lukewarm church. They were neither hot nor cold. And we explained that the word hot there is boiling hot. And that the word cold there is freezing cold. And Jesus said he wanted them either hot or cold, but would not accept them in the lukewarm state that they were in. That lukewarm state is that state of sitting on the fence. It's the state of neither being here nor there. And three good reasons that Jesus would rather have us hot or cold. Reason number one, lukewarmness, I said this last, when we talked about this, is really an insult to God, just in case you don't know. It is a direct insult at God. And um, I'm happy that when Jackie McCullough came, one of the things, because let me just remind us, that seemed to be a recurrent theme in all she said, was that you must get excited about God. Just must. 
anyone who never gets excited at all about God really has not come in contact with Him. Because the truth is, when God comes, something will happen. So if you've been coming to church and um, every day, every Sunday, every Wednesday, you come in and you just leave, you're just okay, and um, you don't know what's going on, you don't know why some people are behaving the way they're behaving, then something is wrong with you. I remember once, a long time ago, and we, we had a particular service, and people are encouraged to pray. And um, one man prayed with his fist, he prayed with his whole being. And after the service, somebody came and told me, he said, you see that man, his problem must really be serious. So, and I said, ah, why? He said, ah, the way the man was praying. I said, so what are you doing? <laughs> he said, I just couldn't help just watching the man, you know. So th- that's how some people are. They just come to church and they leave. But when God, if God comes near you, something will happen. Something will happen. And God wants us. And Jackie stressed that so much. That you've just got to be. You can't come in contact with God and not be excited and not have your heart beat a lot faster and not have some fear and trepidation come upon you and not sweat. It's not possible. All that happens therefore is that you just come in and you leave the same way you came in. And God comes and passes by some people and doesn't pass by you. May He pass by you today. And I explained that the Greek word enthusiasm is actually a word that describes a reaction to God. That E-N there is in, and the enthusiasm is taken from the God Theo. So that when you say enthusiasm, you are saying in God. So when you say somebody is enthusiastic, you are meant to be enthusiastic about God and nothing else. But you and I know that we are all enthusiastic about many things. The last thing we are enthusiastic about is God. Enthusiasm, excitement, that is what God wants. He doesn't want anything less. He doesn't. And the reason why people just don't have any excitement, no enthusiasm about God, is possibly again, maybe God has never done anything for you. Possibly. That is because you don't realize that He has done something. The next reason why Jesus says, I'd rather have you hot or cold, is that a lukewarm Christian is useless to the world. A church that is lukewarm has no impact at all on the world. Yet, the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. The Bible says we are the the light of the world. We are meant to shine. We are meant to act as a preservative. And one of the things that Jackie said I remember so well is that he said it's bad as the church is. If you take the church out of the world today, that the whole place will just collapse. And that really is, is so true. And the church must, must have an impact in the world. Because the day that the church was born, on the day of Pentecost, it was born in the midst of a lot of noise. The Bible says there came a sound from heaven, which meant everybody heard that sound, as of a rushing mighty wind. The church was born in the midst of noise and the Holy Ghost came as tongues of fire. If you read that account in the, Gospel, in the Acts of the Apostles, in no time the room that the disciples were sitting in was surrounded by people. So much so that Peter had a congregation to speak to 
and 3,000 people joined the church in one day. So that the church must, just must, affect the world. Uh, I think Jackie McCullough calls it Eurocentric, that we have, the African in particular has become Eurocentric. And that the Jews are not like that. I think I explained here once, when we went to Israel last year and were returning, when it was time for the Jew to pray, even though they said, fasten your seatbelts, this man just got up, put on his prayer shawl, I don't know how he found where Jerusalem was, faced Jerusalem, in the plane, and the plane was climbing, and he started shaking his head and praying, standing in full view of everybody. I know both all of us can do that. Even when they give us food on the plane, you just pray quietly so that nobody will know that you are a Christian. But Jesus says he'd rather just spew us out than keep us as one of his own. And the third thing is that a church or a person that is lukewarm just will not be acceptable to God for the simple reason that that person has become, has come to a place where there's no more motion. Because to be lukewarm means to be just right. To be a first class gentleman. You are satisfied with what you are. You are satisfied with what you know of God. And you do not want anybody to bring in any shifting of that situation. And Jesus says that all these three positions are just not acceptable to him. A person who is lukewarm, a person who is tepid, a person who is insipid, is a person you can't really move because the person knows enough and likes the way things are and doesn't want... Those are the people who believe that religion is, is a personal affair. Don't disturb other people with your religion. And that is today the bedrock of of Western humanism, we, we accommodate every type of religion, accommodate every type of faith, because we are all worshipping the same God anyway. And God says that situation is not acceptable. Let me share something with you. After the Holy Ghost service on Friday in camp, I learned a new way to do, everybody say quiet time. Uh, I learned a new way to do quiet time. Actually, I forgot my instrument. I should have brought it so I could show you. God doesn't want quiet time. So now, I make more noise than the Muslim loudspeakers make any time I wake up. If it's 4 o'clock I wake up in the morning, I make a lot of noise. So everybody around there knows that the Christian is awake. It's a lie of the devil that when you wake up in the morning, quiet time. Then at 5 o'clock, Allah! Why do The devil knows the meaning of noise. I'd like to encourage us to become a little bit more noisy for God. And run away from all this silent prayer, quiet time. I'm not saying you shouldn't read your Bible. But when you wake up in the morning, if you want to be sure that God will continue to wake, him, wake you up, better jump and stand on your two feet and dance and dance for him. And say, thank you for waking me up. Not lie on your bed. If I saw somebody doing quiet time just this evening when I was coming, I said, now, now you read your own every day with Jesus. Just catching up. You know. It's not the way. Why I'm saying these things is that this is, it might sound simple, ordinary, but God 
is taking us somewhere. He is. You don't have to be a woolly to know. There's so much going to happen. We'll tell you about that later. But there, one has come. Let everybody behave like somebody who heard what God had to say. And begin to change your attitude towards God. You see, the lukewarm situation is a dangerous situation to be in. Two churches, Sadis and Laodicea, they were never troubled by Satan. Never. They had no matters. And interestingly, they were both very prosperous. Who was prospering them? You know, this is a church we are talking about now. That church believed their prosperity came from God. But if you read the Bible well, you'll find out that Jesus says you are not prosperous, you are poor. So it's not every time that you are prosperous because you are a Christian that it is coming from God. It isn't. But some people believe that once I'm a Christian, once money is coming my way, it's coming from God. The only time you know it's coming from God is when it doesn't add any sorrow. Sorrow might not be immediate. If it's not coming from God, sorrow will surely come. And the devil doesn't bother. He doesn't mind a Christian who is lukewarm, who is wealthy, because he knows he's going nowhere. They are not a problem. The two wealthiest churches had no persecutions, no pro- Satan just wasn't even interested in them. Because one of the driving forces in life today is that thing they call money. So Jesus says to this church, you are in that place of great danger. A place where I, Jesus, will reject you. Because you are not hot. You are not cold. You are just there. And when you are just there, you are going nowhere. And what has created this problem for this church? One, they were self-satisfied. They were happy the way they were. They were not cold. They were not hot. They were not fanatical. They were just good, well-behaved Christians. The right temperature. And there are many Christians that are like that. You will be hard put to know that they are Christians. Nothing about them tells you that they are Christians. Yet they are Christians. They are in church. They don't do anything bad. They don't do anything too good either. They are just there. Now, if that's the kind of Christianity that you are practicing now, I suggest to you that you should push it aside and begin to do the real thing. The real thing. Those who are in church, I mean at the banquet on Saturday, would find... My friend, just leave that thing here. Okay? Bring it and put it here. Leave it and leave it on. We'll find that when the African praise troop came, those people worshipped, they danced as... If I was explaining to Jackie, I said, you see, just watch these people. I said, this is the way idol worshippers. This is the way they behave. And of course, there are some people, and the moment the music got to them, they got up and they danced too. Because they were singing in their language that they understood well. That's what I said on Sunday. I've asked John Omewa to come and um, help us really step up the temperature of praise in, in the city of David. These people were just too satisfied with the way things were. Secondly, because they were prosperous, they had become self-sufficient. And we find that in real terms, the same thing about the church in Sardis. Because they had money. 
they could buy anything they wanted. So they didn't really need anybody. And the moment you get to that place, you have entered into the same shoes as God. Because El Shaddai means all sufficient. And one of the things that wealth does is it makes you a little El Shaddai. And it's amazing, really, really amazing, how people who think they have money react you know, to help from lesser beings. You know, if, you, if, you, if you are a little El Shaddai and somebody comes and gives you something, maybe money, you will nicely tell the person, no, oh, it's okay, it's all right. I mean, I, because the truth is, when you receive something from somebody, it is humbling to receive. So some people just like to give because they have more than enough. But that pitches you, as I said when I talked about the church in Sardis, against God. Against God. And the error of life is to think that your prosperity has come from God. I ask people, who are the two principal beings that are responsible for filling churches? The Holy Spirit and the devil. The devil doesn't mind you being in church for as long as you are going nowhere. There are many churches that are filled with children of the devil. And they are shouting hallelujah, hallelujah every day. He doesn't care. By the same token, God can give you money, the devil can give you money. I mean, we all know that the devil can give money. Some of you have taken money from the devil before. Prosperity is not always from God. And unfortunately, that's the single thing that we all run after. When this ends, I'm going to spend some time and talk about money. Because um, this is just as an aside. And there's nothing anybody can do about this anymore. It's gone. City of David. I thought that, in fact, if, if anybody asked me, I would say this church is a church where everybody is sharp and understands the things of God. One of the things that amazed me, as I told one of my people that we planned Jackie McCullough's um, visit with was that nobody or maybe one or two people came forth and said ah this woman oh, <laughs> Pastor Esco please we'll just give her this nobody and the few people I spoke to had the audacity to say to me why didn't you ask now <laughs> I said sorry oh. Ah, you have made a mistake there. There are some things we must see by ourselves. So I, I should ask, am I Jack Michael? Am I Holy Spirit? We've taught you, we've taught you, and we've taught you. You are the one who lost a wonderful opportunity to sow on very fertile soil. Not me. Ah, me, I sowed well, well. Well... Well, just believe me. So I've, I've, and and, and the, the truth is, once somebody starts talk, talking about something, everybody just relaxes. That's not the idea. The idea is not to buy those tapes, listen to them for three, four, five times, and then toss them away. You leave. 
in what you hear. That's how you grow. You don't grow a bit and then come down again. You grow a bit and come down again. That's, that's not Christianity at all. Let's not run after money just for the sake of money. Money is something that God puts in your hand for a purpose. It's not something that is there so that you can become a slave to it. That's what has happened to the church in Laodicea. And you know the interesting thing about these seven churches, the interesting thing, one of the things that occurred to me today as well in this service, was go back to the seven churches. You will see where they were. There's nothing that tells you that Christians lived there. Nothing. The whole place is a Muslim enclave. In other words, it doesn't matter anymore whether those people were alive there or not. They've played their part. They've gone. May we play our part and go to the right place. It's for a short while. It's never indefinite. You go to Laodicea, there's nothing like that anymore. It's just a place where you have Muslims now. This whole, all of these churches were in a place called, that is called today Turkey. That's where, that's where you find it, seven churches. And Turkey is a Muslim country today. So all these letters that Jesus was writing. Where, were they, where are these people now? Gone. Let's think about our own lives. The third thing about these people was that they were ignorant. Very, very ignorant. And it's a terrible thing because the God that we serve is the all-knowing, all-wise God. How can His children be ignorant? But they were very ignorant. They knew nothing about God. And that's why I said I want to talk about money for a while during Wednesdays because City of David during this visit of Jackie McCullough proved to be a very ignorant church totally so some people who came from outside came with gifts they are not from City of David that man was really good soil the only thing he can sow again is next year when she comes you see, if you get up now and say, I'm going to sow, it's late. Because the answer, I've given you the answer. So it's no longer an exam. You've, you can't pass it. And these are things we should be sharp and precise about. Look at Jesus' comment. What does he say to them? He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou was cold or hot. Hot. In saying, I know thy works, Jesus was saying, I know something about you that you don't know anything about. He says, you say, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, naked. Jesus says to them, you are bankrupt, you are blind, you are naked, and you are beggarly. The word poor there is to be of the poorest sort. He says, yet you say to yourself, Ah, I am rich. Because 
you have money in your bank account. Remember that I just said that that place, you go there now, you will never know that there was a wealthy city in existence there. Nothing there tells you that there was wealth there. Nothing. And guess what? There are some people who were alive then. They would have saved a fortune. You know, there are some people who are alive today in Nigeria. They will tell you with their mouth, Ah, the rest of my generation, they can never suffer again. How ignorant. I know people talk like that. How ignorant. The only person who can talk like that is God. Only God. Some people have saved serious money in that Laodicea. The money doesn't exist anymore. The people don't exist. Some would have had palaces. You know this Victoria Island? This like you see us, buildings are just going up. Wow, 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 wow. Hundred years from now, it might just all be sand. Good example. Go to Babich. When I was a child, Babich is in the, was in the middle of the Atlantic. Babich has now taken over one road. You know, in another 50 years, there might be no IMB building standing there. You are laughing, but it's true. But today they say, IMB building, free of charge. Anybody who wants it, go. Some people will kill themselves. Jackie says, where should we put our focus? God. God. Because look at the report of Jesus. He says you are bankrupt. You are wretched. He says you are blind. You can't see. You think you can see. And he said they are blind because this is the city that was known for the most advanced cure for blindness. He says they are naked. Because one of the things that the wealthy Laodiceans were known for is, to put it in today's terms, they all, once you had money, you had a sable fur coat. They were known for a dress that is called black. It was made from the finest black wool. Once you have arrived, you bought one. So it wasn't uncommon to see them, the wealthy, parading and, you know, in those things. And even like today, you can tell the wealthy because there are certain things that mark you out as wealthy. I'm not talking about new money, real money, you know. But Jesus says you are naked, you are beggarly, you are blind, and you are bankrupt. Solution. He says to them, I counsel thee by of me. Everybody say by. Why doesn't Jesus say, I counsel thee, ask of me? Why doesn't he say, I counsel thee, come take of me? He says, buy. He places an emphasis on the thing that drives the people. Business. Buying and, and selling. So he says, you are doing business with everybody. Do some business with, with me. He says, I counsel thee. Buy of me. Don't say, come, take free life. No. He says, do some business in the right place where it will count. Because the worst thing in life is to think that you are doing well. But it's always good to see things from the point of view of Jesus. He says, buy of me. He says, come, leave the people you are doing business with. Come and do some business with me. And if you look at Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1, you'll find where Jesus is coming from. 
It says, come by without money. He says, he that is willing, come, come and buy without money. How do you buy without money? God is saying that the business he practices is different from the business we know. And that the money that is with him is the real thing. It's the real thing. Like I said, here we are. God sends his child here. We all, I mean, I, I know how many people have spoken to me. Everybody said, ah, that woman, ah, ah. What did you do? Nothing. All you are doing, ah, ah, can't take you anywhere. Ah, ah. Did you lose your voice? We have to stop. Let's understand things. There are some things you will see. And you must... I mean, God, if God is inside you, God would prompt you and say to you, sow something here. She came to give. She gave. All we did was receive. It's not supposed to be so. City of David. At all. You've got to be sharp. That's how to do business with Jesus. That's where to make investments that will last forever. You've got to be able to tell good soil from bad soil. And we do... The Lord does a good job of teaching us in this church. Buy of me, Jesus says to them. Gold tried in the fire. Things that will last. Things that are pure. Forget all these things that you have been doing. Jesus then tells them why he's hard on them. He says, those whom I love, I rebuke. So if the Lord never rebukes you, then he doesn't love you. Remember another recurrent theme. My sheep hear what? My voice. And if you never hear his voice, what does the general say I call that person? A goat, a son of perdition. It's true. It's true. It's true. And that's why we are all here. It's to make sure that we arrive in the right place. You see, because at the end of the letter, you find that the promises of Jesus can't really think about it. It can't really be for everybody. He says, You will sit with me in my Everybody think, all of us who are here, including myself, think, if Jesus appeared today, we would qualify to sit on his throne. Why are they putting it off? Eh? It will burn. Let it burn. No be bored. Savvy, savvy people. All these days, it's never born. Now today, it will come born. Don't worry, the Holy Spirit will keep, keep it going. When they talk about life, people they think about, about bulb. <laughs> and then you put everybody in darkness. Let it burn. Would you qualify to sit with him? You think about it yourself. It's not for me to answer. The standards are high. They are very, very high. You will be like God. That's the standard. 
So it cannot be the way we are doing things. It cannot be. It cannot be at all. Because Jesus says, those whom I love, I rebuke. I tell them the truth. The, 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 the converse of that is if you never hear any rebuke, you're on your own. Satan will never rebuke you. All you will hear is go on, go on. It is all right. It is all right. And yet it isn't all right. You know, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Which door? The door of that church. In other words, he had stepped out of the church. Yet they were having service. And the people in the city of David must know the difference between a service where Jesus has stepped out of and a service where Jesus is in. It's not everywhere where there is noise, where they say hallelujah, that God is in. This was a church. And this, by any standard, must have looked like an attractive church because people are doing well. And every Sunday they go and they say hallelujah. Meanwhile, Jesus says, I'm outside though. You people are on your, on your own. I'm outside. You know, he's Jesus. You can't hold him. I have used this, as many people have, to think that this is referring to unbelievers. That Jesus said, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking. Open that door so little Jesus can come in. That's not what this scripture is saying. It's simply saying that the door that leads to the church, that he's standing outside it. He's not saying, open the door of your sinful heart so I can come in. Because salvation is not based on you opening a, a door of your heart. Salvation is based on repentance. It's based on you submitting yourself to God. It's you, you who go and... It's not Jesus who comes and starts knocking. This is a letter to a particular church. That I've left, you people have stood outside. I'm sure Jesus is not standing outside the door of the city of David. You don't need to pray, I know. You see, because the solution doesn't lie with the congregation. Let me show you. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If the church hear my voice, no. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. So Jesus is saying, one person inside the city of David can open the door and he will come to that one person. Oh yes. It's not the whole congregation. Congregation can be doing their own thing. If there's one person who says, ah, once I'm coming to church, I'm coming to meet with Jesus, Jesus will meet that person. But how many of us get up and say, I'm coming to meet with Jesus? Most of us just come routinely to church. Routinely. I said I'm going to finish this letter today. He says, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus makes an allusion to the Holy Communion. In other words, we can have Holy Communion service. We can all eat the bread together. We can all drink the wine together. And we are sitting at our own table. Jesus is standing outside and watching you do your own holy communion. 
And then what is the promise? He says, to him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne. Even as I also overcame, and I'm set down with my father in his throne. Those who were at the service on Thursday, what did Jackie say? As the father sent me, so send I. Yeah. So Jesus says the same thing here. He says, if you overcome, as I have overcome. Because some people say, ah, I know Jesus. Ah, you, can't, you, can't, you can't do it as Jesus did it. Jesus says, you will do it the way I did it. You see, that's what has qualified me to sit where I'm sitting. You know, if you want to sit there, you've got to pass the same exams and do the same test. He says, if you overcome, as I over- I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't done. I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't done. You've got to, but I'm asking you to do exactly that which I have done. I'm telling you people, the standards are high. Very, 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 very high. Because the place you are going to sit is where God sits. That means nice like we are sitting below Him. They are not sitting below Him. They are sitting side by side with God. That's what the Bible says. And this is one that is written by Jesus. The letters are in red. Certainly it can't be the way we are doing things. So let us think. You have to overcome if you are going to sit with Jesus. He says it is the same way in which he has overcome that you must overcome. No more, no less. And he says he that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. So where are you today? I know where most of us are at. Looking for money. This is the period of restoration, and it is. Jackie said so on Sunday evening. So many are waiting. When would the money shift? Many thought that because of Y2K, you just wake up. Some Christians actually believed that you just go to the bank, your account will be full. <laughs> if you see that one, wouldn't you run for your life? God doesn't work like that. He doesn't. So what I want us to do today is let us all just kneel before the Lord and enter into the place of repentance. Because he says we should repent. We should just repent and say, Lord, I want to sit on the same throne. The throne that you have, I want to sit there. But you have to help me, Lord. Just help me. Help me. I'm going to stop talking on the microphone because I want to kneel down myself and talk to the Lord. So let every man speak for himself. And God is here to hear us all.
Everybody sit down. Look at you there, sit down. Oh yeah, stand up. Sit down. Stand up. Sit down. Stand. One of the first things about worship is we must tell our body, I have come to do what? To worship God. So you must be behave yourself. The body is always you know if you think about it when you are worshiping at home. Okay, let me tell you what I do in the morning. I jump. I don't get up anymore from the bed. I jump from the bed. And then I carry a tambourine. I'll bring it on church to church on Sunday. And I begin to really run around the room. Because you must wake up. You know when you sit down, you can play Ramash, Ramash. Then you just dream. You have come back to sleep. Be alert. It's before God that we have come. It's not before a human being. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God, God, hallelujah. Praise God, hallelujah. Oh, Lord. 
Oh, let us praise the Lord. I will praise. 